In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to ponder and to proclaim our Sunday Mass readings. We have some very beautiful and a little bit longer readings today. They are just so powerful. I want to begin with a prayer, a prayer to St. Clair during the month of August. St. Clair's feast day falls on August 11th. And so this is, in fact, it was a little providential that just yesterday in the mail, I received this letter and holy card from the Our Lady of Solitude Monastery. And the image there is from the Desert Nuns. And so this is a prayer to St. Clair of Assisi. She, of course, as many of you might know, was a companion to St. Francis. St. Francis was beginning to respond to Christ and live this life of humility, of poverty, of littleness, that uh, St. Clair, Clair observed him in the same area of Assisi, and she followed his way, which is really the way of Christ. And so let's pray to St. Clair of Assisi. If you are familiar with her, if you're not familiar with her, let's invite her to be with us, to accompany us, to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and especially to experience his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. A prayer to St. Clair of Assisi. Gracious St. Clair, who fulfilled your womanhood by a life of love and prayer and penance, help us to fulfill our destiny, that we may one day greet you in heaven. You who were consoled at your death by a vision of Christ and his mother, Obtain for us the grace that we may die under the same special protection of God and enter into the life and bliss you now enjoy. Obtain for us the graces that we now implore. Have pity on us who struggle, on us who mourn, and win for us the favors of God so that after this life, we may come home to him who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. St. Clair of Assisi, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I really think it's so important for us to keep watch on a daily basis of the feasts and saints that we recognize. There's so much and, and really ties into our readings today. I, I've titled this, The Faith of the Ancients. We are on the shoulders of giants. And so let us begin our readings today for this 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time, August 7th. Our first reading actually comes from the Book of Wisdom, chapter 18. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The night of the Passover was known beforehand to our fathers. 
that with sure knowledge of the oaths in which they put their faith, they might have courage. Your people awaited the salvation of the just and the destruction of their foes. For when you punished our adversaries, in this you glorified us, whom you had summoned. For in secret, the holy children of the good were offering sacrifice and putting into effect with one accord, the divine institution. The word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 33. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Exult, you just in the Lord. Praise from the upright is fitting. Blessed the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen for his own inheritance. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. See, the eyes of the Lord are upon those who fear him, upon those who hope for his kindness, to deliver them from death and preserve them in spite of famine. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Our soul waits for the Lord, who is our help and our shield. May your kindness, O Lord, be upon us, who have put our hope in you. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Our second reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Brothers and sisters, Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Because of it, the ancients were well attested. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out, not knowing where he was to go. By faith, he sojourned in the promised land as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and maker is God. By faith, he received power to generate, even though he was past the normal age, and Sarah herself was sterile. For he thought that the one who had made the promise was trustworthy. So it was that there came forth from one man, himself as good as dead, descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. All these died in faith. They did not receive what had been promised, but saw it and greeted it from afar and acknowledged themselves to be strangers and aliens on earth. For those who speak thus show that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land from which they had come, they would have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better homeland, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. For faith, Abraham when put to the test, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was ready to offer his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac 
descendants shall bear your name. He reasoned that God was able to raise even from the dead, and he received Isaac back as a symbol. The Word of the Lord. The Gospel reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, and an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have them recline at table and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch, and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us? or for everyone. And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent servant, whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk. Then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely, and the servant who is ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, there are so many things in these beautiful readings, and I really feel like the hinge, you know, the hinge in all of this is faith, is faith, faith of the ancients, the faith of those that hear God's word, that hear God's call, that hear God's promise and follow. 
And my husband and I have just been watching some of the uh, beautiful video series. It was produced through Ignatius Press several years ago by Steve Ray. Steve and Janet Ray, you may be familiar with them. Steve is a convert. Both Steve and his wife are converts to the Catholic faith, and they uh, have been over many years now been putting together a video series on from Abraham really to Ambrose and Augustine, really talking about our faith and walking the foot, footprints of God, traveling through through Rome, through the Holy Land, through the different places in which really God made himself present, uh, beginning with Abraham. And we just watched the story of Abraham and recently in our scriptures, we've seen Abraham encountering God himself, right? The, the three visitors, the three strangers who would let him know, you know, you and your wife will have a son and this will be the beginning of the promise to the people. And, and Abraham would follow with such faith, not, not seeing with his eyes the fruits, but for some through the gift through the gift of faith, he's willing to trust and to take all of these people, camels and donkeys and animals and tents. And I, I just can't even imagine the hundreds of people that followed and followed the footsteps of Abraham as that beginning father of faith. And he believed in God's promise, even when it didn't look possible. We're old. My wife is barren. And you're saying that I'm going to have descendants and these descendants are going to be um, as numerous as the sand on a seashore. But somehow through God's grace, Abraham had this faith. And so in the book of wisdom, we hear about um, the night of the Passover. We hear about those Israelites who who saw the faith of their forefathers and knew beforehand the night of the Passover was known beforehand to our fathers. And so they had this faith and it says here in wisdom, they might have courage. And that's really speaks to me when we have faith in the foundation of God speaking to his people throughout all human history that gives me courage in my life today. The responsorial psalm is beautiful. Blessed the people, which people? The Lord has chosen to be his own. The Lord has chosen the people, the Jewish people. And I'll just really mention quickly in the book of wisdom, some of this is written in um in Alexandria, where the Greek culture of the pagan gods were very influential. So it was written to remind the Jews who had the promise, who were the promised people, remember that the God, the one true God was the God who carried your ancestors, you know, through the Red Sea and to flee from Pharaoh and slavery. So a lot of times in the Old Testament, we hear this reminder to the people because the, the present pagan culture at large, whatever that might be, and in this particular sense, it's the Greek culture, there's this attraction to move away from the promised land because you can have riches and wealth here in this temporal culture, serving other gods, serving false gods. 
And so the the book of wisdom, it particularly here is reminding the people to have courage from the the faith of your forefathers. Now, I want to read a little bit of this book of Hebrews. I I have not yet studied Hebrews so so deeply, but I just I love Hebrews because it goes it's in the New Testament and it goes into so much of uh, the Old Testament. And so I've marked it here in my scriptures, the book of Hebrews. Here we go. And there's a section that we miss. If there's a section that is not covered in the liturgy for the readings for Sunday or in a daily mass, I like to go back, fill in the blanks of what's going on here, because here we we read about, about uh, Abel. Um, actually, we missed that part. So I want to go into faith is the realization. This is a really popular phrase. This is a very popular scripture, right? Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence that is not seen. So Abraham, for example, couldn't see. He couldn't even see his son because he didn't even have one for many years till he was almost a hundred. You know, he couldn't see the evidence of what God was promising him, but he had faith. In the readings, we stop at uh, verse two. So I just want to read verses three through verses seven in this chapter 11 of Hebrews, because listen to our forefathers and foremothers. It's beautiful. Because of it, the ancients were well attested. This is by having faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was ordered by the word of God. That is powerful. So that what is visible came into being through the invisible. By faith, Abel offered to God a sacrifice greater than Cain's. Through this, he was attested to be righteous, God bearing witness to his gifts. All through this, though dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was found no more because God had taken him up. God had taken him. Before he was taken up, he was attested to have pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For anyone who approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah warned about what was not yet seen with reverence, built an ark for the salvation of his household. Through this, he condemned the world and inherited the righteousness that comes through faith. That This is just the first seven verses of chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews. As I read that, I went, wow, look at how often in human history, those moments of time, when God calls his people, and even though everything around them says, this can't be true, what do you mean? There's going to be a flood? And, and everybody ridiculed Noah. You're a fool to build this ark. And didn't God give him every single detail to the, to the smallest detail of how to build and what to do and who to bring on to the ark? This is just one example. 
by faith. Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. And here's Abraham. And I I didn't really think about Abraham before when he is sacrificing Isaac. And in this video that we watched with Steve Ray, the footprints of God talking about Abraham, it shows and it kind of, it, it, it talks about Abraham, you know, putting the wood, the firewood that is to burn the sacrifice, he puts on the back of his son, Isaac, right? Jesus carries his cross made of wood. It's put on his back, heavy wood for the sacrifice. You know, always in the Old Testament, we look, everything in the Old Testament goes to Christ. Everything is a foreshadowing, is projecting to, is leading us into knowing Christ. And what I didn't think about before was that Abraham had such a faith in God that he believed, I will sacrifice my son, my only son. This is the promise that God has made, but I believe that God can raise him from the dead. And so Abraham was willing to sacrifice, to put his son on a big pile of wood where he would sacrifice And he had that knife ready to go. And God saw his amazing trust and amazing courage. He had that much faith to believe. Do we have that much faith to believe? Wow. Well, we're not Abraham. Maybe we're not going to have that big of a test. But I just thought, that's, that's the faith of our forefathers. That's the faith of the ancients. You know, and here Jesus is giving us and giving the apostles in this gospel reading, again, read the whole thing here in the gospel of Luke, because last week we heard the story, the parable of the wealthy man. He's accumulated so much wealth in his fields that he's got all of this in his barns, but then he realizes, boy, I I don't, I have more than my barns will hold. So what should I do? And I think for most of us, we would think, well, wouldn't it be better to give that best fruit away? You've got so much. What are you going to do with it all? It will probably rot. So give what you have away. But he doesn't think that way. And he thinks, I'll store it up. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll break down what I already have and I'll build new barns to fill all of this up, to accumulate all of this wealth. And then I can sit back and relax and be merry. And Jesus here is is continuing in this in this message of not only just greed with the first lesson that we heard of last week, but how to be prepared. Gird your loins, light your lamps, be ready. Be prepared. And Jesus says, "Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant." on his arrival. And he continues to go on in the story, and then Peter pipes in, the pipe of Peter, you know, is this, is this message for just us, the cool guys, the guys with you, Jesus, you know, or is this for everyone? <laughs> it's really for everyone. Everyone who has the call, who knows the master. Once we begin to know the master, we have a responsibility to how we conduct our lives. And are we doing the Lord's work at all times? 
Now, does that mean I'm working in the church, I'm volunteering uh, with, with the altar servers or what have you? No, it means as you live your life as a single, married, as a widow, as a student, as a priest, as a religious, as a young person, middle age, older, you live your life fully in relationship with God. However your vocation is called, I'm raising children, I'm homeschooling, I'm trying to run a business from home, I've got a lot of traveling that takes me on the road. Whatever it is, you do that with the love of God in your heart. And you do that with generosity. So when God gives you opportunities to give, to serve, to love, to sacrifice, to put others before your own needs, that you do that. So that we develop a relationship with Christ fully every day, that continual relationship. Because what is a relationship with Jesus Christ? It's life-giving. It's fulfilling. It's transformative. And so with the servant who is preparing for the master to come home, do what you're called to do to serve the Lord. They're called to take care of the, the master's home. Do it with, with beauty, with love, with, with special attention, and always be ready to receive your master. Always be ready to receive your master. You also must be prepared, Jesus says, for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. And that is the reality for each and every one of us. Never forget the ancestors, our ancestors who had faith in God, and always be ready to receive Jesus Christ into your home, into your heart, because we're ready for what was mentioned in the book of Hebrews, our heavenly home. Our homeland is in heaven. And let us be prepared for the city that's been prepared for us. Amen. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Amen. Peace be with you. Happy Feast Day of St. Clair this upcoming week. I'll look forward to talking with you again next week on Faith Moments. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.